There is a power of connection when we can meet other people who have had similar journeys. While no two people grieve the same, you know, and the losses are different, we have similarities. You know, we each feel that true pain. And so when we can be able to voice what we're going through and have other people voice what they're going through, that power of connection helps us to know that what we're feeling is okay. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome back in to Complete Estate Planning. Glad to have you. I'm Ben George. Here's Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and owner of Rosenbauer Law Office. You know, we usually run through a ton of estate planning topics. We've done a number of podcasts already, all of which you can find online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. But today we're going to shift gears a little bit. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation because you know, it goes beyond the, the planning aspect. And this is really about supporting your loved ones, people in your community. And uh, Nick, I think this is going to be a good topic today. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and to, to all of our listeners out there, we'll be switching things up a little bit and, and we'll get to her uh, in a minute. But uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Sheila Monifa uh, Canoza, and she is with an organization called Companions on a Journey, uh, local here in the greater Cincinnati area. And we'll, we'll go through some more details. But uh, um, with the holidays coming up, and, and Ben, I'm sure you're making those big decisions about do yeah. we meet with everyone or do we have a Zoom Christmas? Um, you know, but apart from all of that and the, the craziness going on this year, um, and I know I've personally dealt with this, and I have a lot of conversations with a lot of my clients. Um, it seems like the holidays can be especially hard uh, if you've lost a loved one, whether it's recently or, or heck, my. Uh, mother passed away uh, three, three and a half years ago, and it's still very, very obvious. Uh, I guess around Christmas time, when when Dad's there and Mom's not. So, what what, what Sheila's going to do? She's going to go through some tips and information, uh, maybe to help out those of our listeners who have lost a loved one. So that's that's probably where we're headed today. Exactly, and that's why it's important. Twenty twenty has already been a crazy year, Nick, and I know that it's you know we think about your family and my family, like how are we going to handle the holidays right now? But, you know, think about the people that are in this situation with, uh, with missing a loved one. I mean, I can't imagine how difficult it is for them. You got to think kind of beyond kind of what your situation is. It could be much worse. And that's why we wanted to bring some awareness to companions on a journey because they do provide grief support and and it could be a really big uh, asset for the community this time, not only this time of the year, but all, all throughout the year, but especially during the holiday season. So I'm excited to, to welcome on Sheila, and we'll do that now. Sheila, how are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you for having me on your program. Yeah, good to talk to you. Alrighty. So Sheila, uh, for those of you, uh, for those of our listeners who are not familiar, could you maybe spend a minute, introduce yourself and, and, and tell me your story and where this where this came from, where your organization came from. Um, and, and I know it's a, it's a fascinating story, but I think it's great that people understand, you know, why you're on this mission and, and, and where it came from. Well, Nick, grief entered my life really early in life. And I, I really feel that, you know, the death of my grandmother when I was just about three years old, 
her sharing with me that when she got to heaven, that she would ask um, God to send me a little baby brother or sister because my mother had just me. And uh, here I am just wanting one so bad. And it was about a month after her death that my mother became pregnant and my sister was born the day before uh, my great grandmother's birthday. And to me, heaven was everything and more. So I think the picture that was painted was great. Then as a teenager, I had several friends that had died in separate car accidents within a short amount of time, like within a month period. And then a teacher who also knew these students had died. And for me, I felt lost, alone. I had this fear within me, but I couldn't wrap my mind around what I was feeling. And I think I had a fear of sharing with my parents what I was feeling because I didn't know how to explain it. Um, So I kind of carried that fear with me, being afraid that something was going to happen to my parents. So I always prayed to God to please not let my parents die. But my greatest fear became my reality when my husband of 19 years was diagnosed at the age of 29. And I had three children. And at the time of his death, they were 12, 14, and 17. And I felt as though somebody had reached in my chest, pulled my heart out. It was a pain like no other. There was a moment that I thought, okay, God, just go ahead and take me because I cannot live through this and hear my children's pain. Just go ahead and take us. In the very next instant, I thought of Star Trek being beamed up like molecules, and then I thought I was going crazy. And within the next minute, I thought about what my grandmother's words were when my grandfather died. She said, Sheila, it feels like somebody's reached in my chest, pulled my heart out. It's a pain like no other. And every night I pray to God to take me, but he hasn't taken me. So I must have a reason that I'm still here. And I feel part of her purpose is what I just shared with you. It helped to validate that my feelings were real. So after my husband's death, a few months later, I had worked for Procter & Gamble as a sales rep. I was top 10 in the nation, but I really needed time for myself to process what I was going through. Uh, After having my husband have a 10-year battle to cancer, I felt lost, alone, dazed, confused. I couldn't focus. And my main priority was I just wanted to be a mother to my children and to take care of them. And I think they needed that as well. So I took in prayer to God and I asked him what it was that he wanted me to do with the rest of my life. And he gave me one day, you'll have a bereavement center. Well, back 27 years ago, um, we didn't have technology as we do today. So I had to look up what bereaved me and bereft means to be robbed. And I truly felt like I was robbed. Um, I wanted to grow old with my husband. I wanted my children to have their dad to see him through all the milestones of their lives. So I began educating myself, met with a mentor who is an incredible bereavement um, counselor, and I began traveling all over the U.S., um, educating myself, became certified, and then I began in 1997, Companions on a Journey. And I did ask him what I was supposed to call this group, and he gave me Companions on a Journey, and I said, God, that came to me too quick. I was at church, and probably about 15, 20 minutes later, Um, I said, okay, I need an affirmation. And the song that began our man was Companions on a Journey. So I knew that that was what I was supposed to call us. So here we are, um, you know, about 23 years later. Wow. That's, it's a good thing um, that this is audio and not video because that, that almost gives me 
chills. Um, and I, before you even said it, I, I knew, I said, I guarantee you, I know exactly what song was, was played in, uh, was played in church that day. Um, so obviously that's, that's where this, this came from. And I, and I think that was an interesting point. I know the first time that, that we talked, um, when you discussed, you know, being robbed. Um, and, and I thought that was, uh, that was a, you know that, that that's a great point, and I think it it resonates with a whole a whole lot of people. Because um, I know that's that's kind of how I felt when uh, uh, my mother passed away. You know, my my son hadn't been born yet; she never got to meet him, and I felt like I got you know I felt like I got robbed of you know at least another ten twenty years you know with with my own mother. So that's that's wonderful, and I'm glad you I'm glad you shared that because I'm guessing there's a whole lot of people nodding their heads here. So um, you kind of introduced uh, your organization. Um, so I guess the next question will go there. So what specifically is Companions on a Journey? What's what's the mission here? Um, what type of work are you doing and, and who are you usually looking to help? So at Companions on a Journey, also known as COJ, our mission is to provide ongoing support to the bereaved one child, one teen, one adult, one family at a time, and surrounding them with hope, strength, and healing as they create a new balance in their life. Because grief totally throws us off balance. There are many ups and downs. We feel like we're bottoming out. And what we share with them is, you know, what they're feeling is real. Um, These are true physical emotions. You feel a true physical pain when somebody dies. And you know, when I suffered the death of my husband, I had no idea of what I was supposed to feel. So many times I felt like I was going crazy. And I think if I would have known that it's okay to feel these feelings, um, it would have helped me so much more. So what we do is we validate people's emotions. We walk with them, we journey with them, and we provide ongoing support. So in schools, as well as adult groups, we meet a child or an adult where they're at on their journey, and we follow them as long as that is needed. Um, And for a lot of children, K through 12, we have students that have been with us for 11 years. And what they share is that we have become family to them. So um, we're there just to listen, to be with them, and to provide that hope in their lives again. It sounds sounds broad. Um, So it sounds to me, I'm assuming there's some sort of do you offer counseling services, you know, maybe one-on-one for groups? Um, and then probably you already answered this question, but it almost sounds like, you know, any age um, and any sort of loss, you know, I guess regardless of whether it's a family member, close friend, what have you, is there anyone specific that is uh, that, that you help or it almost sounds like you're you welcome anyone who's suffered any loss. Is that is that correct? We do welcome anyone who's suffered the death of a loved one. We work with children. We feel this motto, a children child old enough to love is old enough to grieve. And so when we can provide that service, we have our Mending Hearts for Grieving Children and Families that meets once a month. Um, we bring families together because we feel that families that grieve together heal together. And when a parent realizes that a child will mirror their parents' reflections. If a parent or a grandparent is falling apart, cannot get on with life and live life. Um, And I'm not saying that they shouldn't grieve, but if we can't get out of bed and we can't do things, 
how do we expect a child to be able to do that? So we go into schools, we work with children K through 12, follow them through their graduation. We provide crisis response. We provide postvention to suicide after a suicide has taken place. And then we also provide adult groups. So we have bereaved parents, um, open healing after suicide, widowed groups, open grief groups, topic nights, um, perinatal, neonatal footprints on our hearts. So we provide a lot of that. And then we also provide support services to businesses when they've had an employee or someone in their firm that has passed away to be able to help them in creating that balance. And then we provide retreats and topic nights like coming up, we'll have taking time to remember that will be offered several times throughout the holiday um, to be able to help people to create a balance, but to validate what they're feeling. Um, Because this is a journey and it's not something that we've planned for, even though we know it can happen, we've not planned for that. So um, we're there to help them and support them. It sounds like, and look, you would certainly know better than I would, um, but I will say for myself, um, I, I think it was healing just to to talk to other people who have dealt with the same thing or, you know, I don't know. Normally, I think misery loves company, and perhaps I'm not qualified to say this, but I will say I know for me specifically, talking to someone else who had to go through something similar has you know, has been helpful, at least at least comforting, so you don't feel um, alone. So it sounds like, you know, obviously you have counseling, but I guess is that is that the mindset behind these groups? I guess you, I guess you get a number of different people who have suffered loss together, and they they find healing, uh, you know, maybe in a larger setting. Is that? It do is. I understand you, that correctly? You are understanding that correctly. There is a power of connection when we can meet other people who have had similar journeys. While no two people grieve the same, you know, and the losses are different, we have similarities. You know, we each feel that true pain. And so when we can be able to voice what we're going through and have other people voice what they're going through, that power of connection helps us to know that what we're feeling is okay. Um, It validates it for them. And they may also hear what other people are doing to help bring them up because we really need people, places, and things um, that we can turn to when we are grieving. And in the group, we receive all of those. So that true power of connection. And when we have people share that we've become like a family to them, um, especially during these times right now, um, during COVID-19, it's it's difficult to be able to find that power of connection. So we're bringing people together virtually. Um, and in the, some of the schools, we're live and some we're virtual. Um, and then we also are providing counseling short sessions, one to 10 sessions, um, where people can come and have their validation through a therapist to be able to just share their journey and to have someone listen. That's the biggest key that I would say that we really need in grief is someone to listen to us, to understand, not to tell us what we need to do, but to be present to our present moment. So you had mentioned these times and obviously the the, the craziness with, with COVID and whatnot. Um, the other part of these uh, these times, obviously, we have we have the holidays coming up, um, and this was one thing that I know I've had a number of my clients uh, made this comment um, because you know it's wonderful when we help plan estates, and then 
we're there for the family after mom or dad pass away or if, you know, one of the spouses pass away. I always get comments. Um, and I think that's, this was the same experience in my own life that the holidays are extremely hard. Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, and I'm not exactly sure why, although I will say I agree with it. So if there's someone out here listening who, you know, unfortunately, maybe they, they lost a parent or they lost a sibling or a spouse or a child or something like that, and they're coming up on their, their first uh, Thanksgiving, their first Christmas, um, and then maybe their first birthday or something like that, or first Mother's Day and Father's Day without them. Do you have any specific advice or, or tips that you can give someone who's going through the holiday season without their, you know, without uh, their their loved one, um, you know, maybe maybe to help them out? I would say first of all, take one moment at a time, one breath at a time, one step at a time, and it's very important to just sit down and maybe even write in a journal. What are the things that you're worried about? For me. My biggest fear was having the holidays or the birthdays without Vince's presence. Um, I truly needed him to be there with me, and I didn't know how I was going to get through that. So I think by writing that down, this is what I'm, this is, these are my fears. These are my concerns. And then to be able to voice them with somebody. You know, I think it's very important as a family to be able to share, you know, I don't know if I can do the normal holiday traditions. Things are going to be different, and it's okay for them to do things differently. Um, it may be celebrating instead of like for Christmas. Um, if people celebrate Christmas on Christmas Day, maybe they might need to do it on Christmas Eve or throughout the Christmas season. They might not want to put a tree up, and that's okay. But explain this to your family because I think if you decide this is what I'm doing and you don't ask someone else who lives with you um, what they their needs are, I think it can it can cause a lot of extra emotions that you might not need. So I think in creating that balance and kind of look at the list of things that you have to do. And what are the things that, here's what I did, was um, what are the things that I loved about Christmas and what were the things that I hated about Christmas? What were the things that caused me pressure? I think, you know, when we hear the big word holidays, you know, those big, bold words or Christmas um, I think we feel like we're overwhelmed with things that need to be done. So simplify, simplify and do what you feel you need to do. I would say in also too, you know, it's okay to feel what you're feeling. It's okay to cry. It's okay to meditate. It's okay to light a candle in remembrance. It's okay to have a different type of a Christmas or a different type of a meal. I felt like we had to go around the world at Christmas time and when my husband died, what we ended up doing was, is we changed, changed the tradition. We used to put up an artificial tree. So we went out and bought a live tree. I couldn't put the ornaments on the trees that we had had in the past. So I had everybody bring new ornaments. Um, and I had a gathering where we could do it. But this year, you know, with the COVID-19, I've had a lot of widowed people share with me you know, I'm going to be alone. I can't be with all my family because it's so large. So again, it's sharing what we do need. So finding ways to virtually reach out to people or maybe creating things that we can do that we can give to someone else because in giving we receive. But emotionally, the anticipatory grief, 
is what really overwhelms us. So that's why I always tell people, just take one moment at a time, one step at a time, and know what you're allowed to do. You're allowed to do whatever you want, you know, but share what your needs are. You know, I think that that's the most important thing is our needs. You know, I think gatherings are going to be limited, you know, and I think sometimes our fears and concerns are worse than the actual event, you know. So I think if somebody is invited to go somewhere, they've got the excuse this year that because of COVID-19, they don't have to go. But if they do decide to go, just share that you're going to try your best, that this being your first Christmas or second Christmas You're just not sure how it's going to be. So, and and I also would say this is for me, I wanted to hear Vince's name, you know, and I've had a parents that have died, a sibling that's died. I want to hear their name. So sometimes we have to say their names and um, I light a candle um, for each one of my loved ones. And when I miss them during the holiday seasons, I light those candles. And it's also okay if you've lost a child if you want to have their child still in a gift gathering um, and exchange, um, I would say have people continue to choose their name. And what would be the things that you think your child would like? And then donate those to a child in need. Um, I think that's important. People do stockings. Um, having people, if they want to make a donation or want to give a gift, then afterwards they may have a purpose or a mission that they're going to do to be able to give to others. And it truly helps. Um, There's so many different things that families are doing, new traditions. Um, And I think this is a great time when we're grieving to be able to create some different traditions. And it's okay to go back to our old traditions next year or to still have them this year, but to know there's going to be a lot of feelings and emotions, ups and downs, and just find something. I know I miss my father. He died two years ago. And what I miss most about him is his hugs and his fudge. I mean, every year he made fudge and it was delicious. And last year I shared out loud, you know, dad, I miss you. And I wish that I could have your hug and a piece of fudge. And somebody called me and said, where are you at? You're not in your office. I have a gift for you. And his mother had died at Thanksgiving. And he said, my gift is fudge. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my dad heard me. He was up there in heaven with you know, um, Tom's um, mom, and they knew that I needed fudge. And I can tell you, I really felt like my dad was with me. So I think it's, again, I was present to that moment. And whether it wasn't, you know, my mother, my father and his mother, I believe it is. So, and that's all that matters. Wow. Wow. That's, that's another incredible story. And I, and I love the idea. It sounds like just communicate what you need to to the rest of your family. And I think this is advice that everyone, regardless of their situation, should probably take. I love what you said about just do what, what you need to do. And if you need to change things or take a deep breath, or if you need to, if there's something you have to do or can't do, just you know, maybe look inward and look out for yourself a little bit. And and I think it's, I think you made a great point. Understand that it is different. So it may have to be, be different, but I I think that's a great, uh, I think communicating. So everyone knows what to do and what not to do. Um, I think, uh, I think that would be extremely helpful. Um, So let's say there's someone listening right now. um, You know, maybe it's, 
one of my clients or maybe someone that they know uh, who needs help and has gone through a loss in the last year or Heck, even if they went through a loss a number of years ago, um, I don't think everyone's fully healed after after so many months. Um, who, if there's someone who needs help or maybe knows that they need help, where do they get started? How would they how would they they reach out to you to learn more? Or where what's the first step here? Um, if there's someone out here, you know, who everything you say is resonating with them. So I would say, first of all, call our office. Um, Companions on a Journey's number is 513-870-9108. Or if they don't feel comfortable at first calling, um, we have our email and our website, which is www.companionsonajourney.org. My email is Sheila at companionsonajourney.org. But to reach out, and we'd be more than happy to be able to either Um, meet with you or to listen to you or virtually meet you as well. Because again, that power of connection truly helps. It helps to know that you're not alone. And everyone at Companions on a Journey, we have all suffered the death of a loved one, which I think is um, also another gift that we have. When we say that we understand, while we don't understand completely what your journey might be, um, we do understand the journey of grief. And you are right, Nick, when you said that it can be two, three, and four years. That first year is all the first. So you're doing everything that you can. But that second or third year feels, you can feel the loss even more profound. You know, it's just like, I really miss them. And I think I would like to share with people too, is when they are grieving, the worst thing that can happen is you can cry. So you can try to get that tree out or you can try to do something different. We do an ornament where we write a message to our loved one because continuing bonds are so, so important. Also, some of the other things that we do have, Nick, is we do have several different topic nights. On Thursday, December the 3rd, I work with Spring Grove Funeral Home and they will have a holiday remembrance, which we can guide them if they would like to have some type of remembrance there. And then our taking time to remember will also be on December the 10th where we will share different things that you can do and we will make like an ornament together. Our our participants may have to purchase their ornaments, but we'll do that. And then we'll also too, again, be there to be able to talk about um, holidays and traditions. Okay. Um, And then I know um, not to, not to turn this into a church service. Um, It seems like a lot of this is, is faith based. Um, what if there's one of our listeners out there who maybe you know maybe is not extremely religious or maybe doesn't um, you know doesn't have a, a strong religious relationship? But look, you know, death impacts everyone. Would they still be welcome to to reach out to you even if um, you know even if uh, religion's maybe not uh, you know a center point uh, in their life? Is that still something or someone that you could help with? Absolutely. We are many parts. We're all one body and everybody's in different places. Um, At Companions on a Journey, we begin with a prayer. We end with a prayer, but it is one that just unites us. And we've had people in the past that will say, can I pass on saying the prayer? I just truly sometimes just go, Lord, can you please hold our hearts and help us through this journey? Sometimes this is brief of that. You know, so it's, it's not where we are doing like studies. Um, everybody has a different place, a different journey. 
And there are some people that have a relationship with God, and there's others that have a relationship with nature. And we are totally welcoming to all that. And we're not here to tell a person what they need to do or what they have to do. Rather, we're present to their present moment. Okay, wonderful. Um, and I guess the last question here, and I know we we spoke about this before, but if there's someone who who feels you know, passionate about this uh, as you do, um, and they've been moved maybe maybe by hearing your mission, you know, like, like I have. If someone wants to to perhaps contribute or help further the mission, how could they help your cause? Well, there are many ways. First of all, if they know of a grieving person, um, to share our information with them so that we can help that person through their journey. The other way is that they would like to donate or volunteer. Um, they can go to our website at companionsonajourney.org or give us a call. All of our services are free of charge except for when they need that continuing counseling one-on-one. Um, that's the only place where there is a fee. But all of our support groups, all of our activities, topic nights, all those grief retreats, those are all free of charge. And so we really truly do need sponsors to be able to help us, ambassadors that might support a school program or a grief program um, so that we can work with everyone. Because we know um, not everybody has insurance and not everybody, you know, they need it for longer than just, you know, one to 10 weeks. Um, We're there to support them in any way. And then if they would like to volunteer, I would suggest the same thing. And they may not want to donate like this year, we've given out a thousand slinkies um, because we believe in creating that balance. And even during COVID, we're trying to do that. And actually, our expenses are higher right now because we have had to re- um, reframe everything that we're doing. And um, so we appreciate anything. So whether it's $5 or a million dollars, that's important to us. And also, too, um, we would really love someday to have a huge bereavement center. Right now, our center is 1,200 square feet. So we're small but mighty. But, you know, what we can do with what we have is incredible. But we would love one day to have our own bereavement center. So anyway, we, we accept any type of help, again, because we need many hands in this work. And another way, too, would be to pray for those who are bereaved, you know, just to take time to think about those and um, maybe reach out to someone that they may know that's grieving and just listen to what they, what they need and say their person's name because to hear a per- your loved one's name is the greatest gift of all. Wonderful. Well, uh, Sheila, again, I, I appreciate uh, you coming on and, and speaking with us today. I uh, appreciate everything that you do um, and perhaps in my industry more than most. I can I can see the need for it, and I and I and I work with people who have been affected and have dealt with a loss just about every day. So I I applaud you for for what you do. Uh, again, uh, Sheila, um, the website is companionsonajourney.org. Uh, main office number is five one three eight seven zero nine one zero eight. So again, uh, Sheila, thank you so much uh, for all you do. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. And Nick, same to you. Thank you for doing this and for helping others. Thank you for truly making a difference. Well, I enjoyed just sitting back and listening to you two talk about it. I could definitely hear your passion in your voice, Sheila, and it was wonderful just hearing your story. So thank you for sharing that. 
And we wish you continued success with uh, Companions on a Jersey. Almost 25 years you've been around. Pretty amazing, huh? Yes. Out of my pain has come my purpose and passion. Absolutely. Well, we'll call it an episode on that note. Uh, again, companionsonajourney.org is where you can find Sheila and her organization. And then Nick, if you want to get in touch with Nick as well, cincinnatiestateplan.com. You can go back to past episodes there as well. But we'll return to estate planning topics moving forward. But I think this one was very important, Nick, and I'm glad we took the time. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. Uh, thanks for doing a little bit of a switch. I just, I know <laughs> that's something that, uh, that a lot of my clients and a lot of the families that I work with, um, it's it's a huge need. And if nothing else, hopefully uh, some of our listeners can can pick up on one or one or two tips and and I guess understand that they're not they're not alone, even though it probably feels like it. Yeah, I think this show will be a big help for them. So if you know somebody also that would benefit from learning more about uh, what Sheila and her group does, please share the podcast as well and uh, hit subscribe wherever it is you're listening. You can find us on every podcasting platform and uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office based in Westchester, Ohio and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.